Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. It is great to be at Asbury Church this morning. Just a huge thank you to you folks for your support of Tear Fund Canada and the work that God is doing around the world. I want us to bring a special greeting to you this morning from Kenya. I, I was on the phone with Josephine in Kenya this week, and some of you will remember when she was here at Asbury Church a few years ago, and your church just supports Kenya so generously. And she wanted to bring a special uh, greeting to you, especially to Mark and Tammy Young, for their time that they spent in Kenya. And so thank you for your support there and for what God continues to do in Kenya. Of course, Tier Fund Canada has the privilege of working around the world. And right now, of course, we are thinking about the Ukraine. You folks are supporting the Bishop's Relief Fund. Thank you for doing that. Um, we are continuing to work in Ukraine with two very specific efforts that are happening there. You know, it's just devastating to see what's happening. Our response is an emergency uh, food and shelter response that we are doing with those who are in country. Specifically, our work is in the Ukraine. Uh, this picture we just received this past week from the region of Nikopoli and emergency food feeding. Um, it's unbelievable. My heart is always gripped by people who do not have. Uh, and the food situation in, in Ukraine right now is just so desperate. And you, we, we take for granted our food, don't we? They do not have. <clears throat> On top of that, we have been responding. This past year, 2021, we have actually responded to more disasters than ever in our history. So it has been a terrible year. As much as we have been inconvenienced by COVID, this is the reality of our world. South Sudan flooding, unbelievable people displaced out of their homes and, and just left to their own devices. Of course, we think about the Haiti earthquake and people are still living with the ramifications of that and, and what happened there. Um, as I speak to you this morning, there continues to be internal conflict in Tigray, Food situation, food shortages, unbelievable what's happening in the northern part of Ethiopia. Some of you might remember last year, and it's probably been forgotten in the news cycle now, the volcano explosion in the DR Congo. Um, if you can just even begin to imagine what it was like, 40 feet of lava buried many communities because of the explosion of Mount Ngorongoro. And so we were able to respond with the Baptists into the DR Congo and into that horrific situation. A huge thank you again to your congregation for supporting the India COVID response. And uh, just so many people displaced from their homes and were unable to get home and, and uh, get back to daily life. And so we had the great privilege of working in India with our church partner and pastors were able to distribute food to people in need. And so we were so very grateful uh, for that. In the midst of it all, though, we actually were able to engage in a new project for us it was our very first Canadian project, helping to bring reconciliation with our Indigenous brothers and sisters. And so I had the privilege in December to be out on the prairies at Cody First Nation with Chief George Cody, and we were able to deliver buffalo. Buffalo, can you believe it? You know, I, I, I talk about buffalo, and most of us who were settlers here in Canada, we go, that's nice. To our Indigenous brothers and sisters, the buffalo, I mean, this is where it's at. Right, the buffalo are the soul and the spirit of 
who they are. And so we actually delivered a, a herd of 24 buffalo uh, to the Cody First Nation. Ten of the, the herd were pregnant. And so I'm hoping in a few short weeks to be actually out on Cody, Cody First Nation to see the babies being born and, and to celebrate with them the excitement of what God is doing in that small corner of our Canadian world. And so it's neat to think about this project here on Cody First Nation. Regardless of what I show you this morning, isn't it good to know that um, you know, in the midst of it all, we have the great privilege of serving people in great need? I don't know about you, but have you ever had the privilege of, of serving somebody who is in dire need? It's an unbelievable privilege to be able to do that. I remember back in 1984, I was going to school in the city of Chicago, and as I was there, I actually had one specific um, assignment that I had to do. And for 12 weeks, I had to go to a housing project, and we had to help a lady in need. She was a widow. And so we, we had to walk up the 10 stories to her apartment because the elevator didn't work in that particular building. We knocked on her door the very first day. She opened her door, and as she opened her door, we were met with this incredible odor that came out of the apartment. We stepped in, and you could not see the tile on the floor because it was dark with, with stain and dirt. And yet this lady, she was about five foot tall, thick glasses. She was so glad that we were there with her. And we spent 12 weeks every Wednesday afternoon going back and visiting with her and, and just really just being the hands and feet of Jesus. And literally, that's what it felt like in that moment. It felt like we were the hands and feet of Jesus. And what an incredible privilege it is for us as followers of Jesus Christ to be the hands and feet of Jesus to people who are in suffering and in great need. And isn't it just incredible for us as followers of Jesus that we know that our Lord loved to serve people? Think about his earthly ministry. Absolutely, we have those incredible events that took place, but we also know that on many occasions, he was simply just with people. He was overwhelmed with people. And often as we think about Jesus being with people, we see that he is taking care of their needs, he's feeding the poor, he's, help, he's healing people, he's, he's thinking about the needs for relational wholeness. Often in those encounters, we hear words like this, he was filled with compassion for the needs of people. That word compassion is such an interesting word. In the Greek, it's actually a word splunk nitsomai. And when you see this word splunk nitsomai in the Greek, it's a word that just kind of evokes feeling. It's like yeah, you have to do something. When you are confronted with somebody as a need, you, you have to respond in some way. And that was Jesus. Sometimes in life and right here in Perth, we encounter the pain and the needs of those around us, the needs of people. And maybe you've had some of those situations even this last week where you have been confronted with compassion. It's challenging. It's discerning. At Tear Fund Canada, we are often confronted by the needs of those in greatest need. We hear of those devastated by disasters. We hear of those displaced from their homes. We hear of parents forced to send their young children to the city to fend for themselves. And I've seen that in person. 
We hear of disease and poor living conditions. We hear of the ravages of climate challenges. We hear of those in extreme poverty. And we hear of those living with the phrase, the hunger season. Just this past week, I was on the phone with Wayne. Wayne was actually in Ethiopia this past week, and he was talking about the hunger season. And the hunger season is the gap between when people are able to grow enough food for themselves, and then that food runs out. And then you have to wait six, seven months for the next harvest to come in. And so many people live on less than one meal a day. That's their reality. And so that period of time is called the hunger season. Something that most of us in this room have no connection to. And yet it's the daily reality for just less than a billion people in our world. The lack of food. And so as we think about the hunger season, we celebrate the fact that we are not doing any, we're not doing nothing about it. We are responding. And I am here this morning to tell you with great joy that the church around the world is responding to those who are living in the hunger season. And one of those countries that is experiencing the hunger season is the country of Ethiopia. I've had the great privilege of traveling in Ethiopia, meeting people, seeing the beauty of the country, and yet the stark reality is that extreme population pressure, extreme weather conditions are forcing the country of Ethiopia into some very dire situations. Probably in the next two weeks, the southern part of Ethiopia will actually be declared in famine because there's not enough food. The reality, though, is for those who are learning new methods of farming, conservation agriculture, we call it, they actually have some hope of being able to get through, and so we actually celebrate that. But in this beautiful country, there is a dire problem happening right now. And here's the joy. Tier Fund Canada has the absolute privilege of working with our church partners. It's what we're all about. We mobilize God's church in the very poorest places to release the God-given potential in communities. Actually, isn't that what you're doing here in Perth, Brent? You know, you think about it for a second. That's what you're trying to do. What's the potential for this church in this community? And so around the world, churches are reaching out with God's love and meeting those intense needs. The hungry are being fed. The poor are being clothed. The homeless are given place to live, all in the name of Jesus. As followers of Jesus, we are to be people that share our faith, but we are also to be those that respond to the needs of people. And isn't that the calling of God's church? Love God and what? Love people. You cannot have one without the other. And I believe that's what we actually see in that passage of Scripture that was read to us this morning from the book of Acts and the birth of the church. Think about it for a second. Here are these people, and they're gathering in Jerusalem. And the church has been birthed in an incredible way. The coming of the Holy Spirit. Just imagine for a second the sights and sounds of that event. It must have been incredible. 
Miracles were taking place. Many people were being healed. Everyday people were embracing this dynamic personal faith. It must have been one of those times, if you were there, you would have just gone, wow, look at this. People are sharing their possessions. They have everything in common. And unfortunately, we know if we read a little bit further in the book of Acts, that there's a little bit of the dark side of that when you hear the story of Ananias and Sapphira and what happened in their life. And so here in the book of Acts, the church is growing rapidly. People are coming to faith. People are excited about everything that's going on. And in many ways, those early church believers were simply just trying to figure out life and figure out all the dynamics of what was going on. But then we come to the other passage of Scripture that was read to us this morning in Acts chapter 6. <clears throat> and unfortunately, with the excitement of everything that was going on, there were those that were being left out. Acts chapter 6 tells us that the widows were not being fed. To understand a little bit of the context of, of that situation for, us, for, for just a moment. Here's the reality. We know that in the excitement of the event, some things were being overlooked and complaints were rising to the surface. And the main complaint was that the widows were not being fed. What we are seeing here in Acts chapter 6 is what I would call a culture clash. The Hebraic Jews were those who were from that area of Jerusalem. The Greek Jews were those that had come from the provinces, and they had come to Jerusalem. The Greek Jews embraced Greek culture. The Hebraic Jews embraced the Hebrew culture. And so right off the bat, you can see that there are issues that are surfacing and taking place. You know, the, 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 the Greek Jews thought the Hebraic Jews were so full of tradition, and they didn't like that. And, and, and the, the Hebraic Jews would look at the Greek Jews and go, those guys don't get it. They don't follow the traditions. And isn't it just a, a classic example of what happens in any culture when people enter our circles and they're not like us, Right? They're not like us, and maybe it's somebody from another country, and they're doing something. That's not the way we do it. And that's exactly what was happening here in the book of Acts. They're just not getting along. And so the solution then to the problem is that we need to set aside seven men who are filled with the Holy Spirit to begin to think about the food problem. And so this election takes place, and the care of widows is actually something that is important and dynamic in the life of the church. And I love how they begin to solve the problem by calling this meeting, let's address the problem, let's take care of the problem, so that we can begin to get on with what God wants us to do. Love God and love people. And that's the beauty of those passages of Scripture, Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 6, about this dynamic, loving God and loving people. What I would suggest to you is that what we are seeing 
in these early chapters in the book of Acts is we're seeing the church go through what we might call church and community transformation. Coming to grips with what holistic ministry actually looks like. And the interesting thing is that these are the same issues that are happening here in the book of Acts that are also happening in many parts of our world today as people begin to think through how are we supposed to actually do the work of evangelism, invite people into our community, and at the same time not neglect the, the people that are in great need. And one of the countries that has been practicing this work called Church and Community Transformation is the country of Ethiopia. And so I'm going to show a short video to you this morning that, display, that it kind of explains to us what it looks like and how it actually impacted the life of one particular widow. The video I'm going to show you actually has subtitles, and so you're going to have to do a little bit of work by doing some reading. And the reason we put subtitles on this video is because we wanted you to hear the personal passion of this lady as she explains her story. And so we're going to go into this video. <laughs> Kase wode ani gakhi dabai taayo. Kase wode namisa biitai mokkanaitin daro thogathas daro waithas daro namisa beas. Hegaagi dum kase harge kadees. Harge sa kintanata aakum sa nimkom kirinne shamada mizano thana santime kataide waisis. Tasi ke taawe bakadeshi ne haramachya asiro kide dumati de thana natura olegi ne oni sidi. Negist joined a program set up by Tearfund's local Ethiopian partner, run at the church nearby. They not only trained her on how to make her farmland productive, but also supported a self-help group where she learned how to manage money and save for her family's future. Hamisham, 
isn't that a great story? I don't speak Amharic, but the one word I heard in there was Canada. Right? And, and basically, uh, uh, Nigest, if she were here today, she would say, thank you, Canada. Thank you for the help that you've given to me and what has made an incredible difference in my life. In 2018, we actually began a church and community transformation program in Ethiopia. We called together a group of pastors and we began to work with this group of pastors through our local church partner to teach them the dynamic of loving God, loving people. You know, the, the, the basis and the framework for that work was that beautiful work in, word in Mark chapter 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Here's the reality about many churches in Africa and unfortunately many churches in North America. People understand very well the dynamic of evangelism and bringing people to faith in Jesus Christ. And so you can go to many churches across Africa and you'll actually encounter people who have come to faith in Christ 10 or 12 times. The reason being is because they go to a, an evangelistic campaign and, and you know the evangelist talks about loving God and if you love God and come forward today, we'll give you a Bible. And so they make a decision, they go forward and they get a Bible and they'll do the, the, the same thing in, in a couple of months from now because that Bible is important and they can sell that Bible and you know, there's all sorts of things they can do with that Bible. And, and so that's a very common dynamic across many parts of our world and churches get caught up in the trap of simply being all about evangelism. And what this group of pastors learned here in Ethiopia through our very first church and community transformation program is the dynamic of those two things going together, loving God and loving people. And I am just thrilled to think about what God is doing through this group of churches and pastors as they are taking seriously the commandment to love their neighbors as they love themselves. And so if you were actually to go to any of their churches this morning, as you would come in the back of the church, there'd actually be an offering box. And all of the offerings put in that offering box are designated for what they call poor people. And if you were to come to their churches during the week, there would be different groups of people meeting, maybe the men's ministry or the women's ministry. And you know what the focus of those groups is? 
It's not simply about fellowship, as great as that is. I mean, you know, you know man, you love coming to those men's breakfasts, right? And Perth does really good men's breakfasts, right? As much as those are great events, the focus of the meetings when they do them in Africa is the men will sit around and they'll say, okay, who needs some improvements on their home? Who needs something fixed? What can we do? What does that look like? And I have heard youth group leaders say to me, our youth group has actually built homes for widows. That's the dynamic. That's church and community transformation. Pastors are helped to see their God-given potential in their communities. They're taught how to embrace other leaders and empower other leaders. They've learned from Scripture about holistic ministry. And so if I was to take you with me this morning and we were to meet in a guest, we would hear from her her story. Her story, as revealed in the video, says to us that she was living in extreme poverty. She was without hope, no place to turn. Her main problem was not having enough food. She was living the reality of the hunger season. She tells us in her story that she was forced to eat leaves to survive. Can you imagine having to eat leaves to survive? The family suffered from hunger and disease, no money to pay the health center or purchase medicine. She lost all her farm animals because of drought. She says in her own words, I endured years of darkness, years of suffering, hunger, and death. She had no options. For Nagest, it was a daily struggle for survival as the hunger season actually devastated her family. And then, one day, one fateful day for this woman called Nagest, she was invited to church. And at that church, she began to learn about Christ. She began to learn about faith. But she also began to learn about conservation, agriculture, and farming, and savings groups, and the things that would actually make a difference in her life. And this was a church that desired to follow Jesus to where the need was greatest. And so if you were to go to that church today and we were to sit there with Nagest, we would hear her story. We would hear her story of transformation. We would hear how she received training in conservation agriculture and how the tripling and, and of the yields off her field put her so far ahead. We would hear how she joined a self-help group, a savings group, and how they would come together every week to, to save just a little bit of money and to to make an actual difference and ultimately you would hear from the guest how she escaped extreme poverty to come to this place of sufficiency and hope you would also hear from the guest her deep gratitude for all who have made that possible and so she if she were here this morning she would say to Perth Church, thank you. You have radically 
transformed my life. And so when you give to the work of Tear Fund Canada, you are not simply giving to huge programs and, and incredible, undescribable disasters, but you are giving to lives and people. And so that's why we always give the invitation, continue to do the good work you're doing. Continue to support people like Nagest to bring transformation that actually makes a difference. I hope this morning that I've talked, as I've talked to you, that you'll be encouraged that God is at work around the world. People are coming to faith in Christ and incredibly dark needs are being met because people cared. Because you cared. And so thank you for being a part of her story and for investing in something that brings real transformation. Let me pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to invest in lives like Nagast. And um, boy, as I name her name today, I think of countless other people like her that have been radically transformed because people like those here at Asbury cared. Help us never to be caught up in all that we have that we get in that place that we don't care. Help us, Father, also to not be overwhelmed. We would confess to you this morning that sometimes there are situations in our world that are just so overwhelming. This war in Ukraine is overwhelming. As I think about the, the millions who are hungry today in Ethiopia, it is overwhelming. That's why it's so important for us, Father, to, to think about the one life that we made a difference in. I helped that one. I helped that one. I helped that one. And we're thankful that we don't do that alone, but we do that in the context of the church that has the incredible potential to impact millions as we work together. Thank you for allowing us to be in that place where we can see transformation happen. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.